Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Britt. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well. Doing well. The sun is finally shining. We're above 70 degrees in Madison, Wisconsin. So we had snow two weeks ago. Really coming around, starting to feel like spring. When we talk about, you know, seasonal businesses, I always <laughs> use your market as an example. And like, I feel like they get like three or four months of spring slash summer. And that's it. It is crazy that middle of April, you guys still were having snow. It's crazy. It's, it is. It, it is crazy. It is like the minute we have a rule that it has to be 55 degrees before you leave the house to be able to wear shorts because Max is like, it's 48 degrees outside. The high today is 61. It's windy. It's supposed to rain. I would like to wear shorts. And it's like, no, no, we're not doing that. You'll freeze to death. But I think boys, I don't know what it is about boys. I feel like they would wear shorts all of the time if they could. And then boys that are raised in the Midwest, like I see grown 40-something, 50-something men walking around in gym shorts. There's snow on the ground, so they don't get over that. And once their mom can stop bossing them around, it seems like they're making independent decisions <laughs> to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, and little boys, you know, they're rough and tumble, at least Max is, right? He's always in the backyard or my favorite thing about Max is he's got his little, you know, gizmo watch or Apple watch or whatever type of watch he has right now, his kids watch. And without fail, you'll tell him like, you got to be home at six o'clock because he's playing some sport with all of his little buddies in the neighborhood. Without fail, he calls you at like 5.55 and he's like, do I have to be home at six or do I have to leave at six? It's like every single day, same question, Groundhog's Day, because he just loves being outside. And he is, he's out in shorts, he's forgetting his coat, he's, because he's just so excited to get out and play, which is adorable. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it's, it is always, or I took, I took a different route home when I got a little lost. It's like, (laughs) that was my favorite lived in this house (laughs) like I you got lost in our neighborhood from the park where you've gone five days a week for two years you got lost coming home here right with your buddies who all live on the same route and we're heading home too just checking like we've got to get better stories but I think kids are interesting right because they are always looking for activities they thrive in groups there, it's crazy to me how much more important social circles are. And, and Max is an only child. And so friends are really important. Activities are really important. And I think that we see that reflected for us with clients that are experiencing a lot of the same things, wanting to be in a business that provides that for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to a couple earlier today. They have four kids, ages 11 to four. And they were talking about, you know, how do we make this fit into our family? Because he works full time in an executive sales role. She's been a stay at home mom. And they're just trying to figure out, like, how do we build that revenue stream, but not give up family time? And the whole time they're talking to me about, how much they love their kids and he coaches travel ball and, you know, mom <laughs> played volleyball growing up and 
you can just tell they're so passionate about their kids. And so we were kind of having the conversation of if you're already ingrained in your community, if you're already at all of these kids activities, have you thought about making that a business? Because it's a huge industry. I think there's two industries when we talk about recession resistant that are beyond the typical things that we discuss, you know, the restoration companies and the B2B and the home services, but people will spend whatever it takes on their pets and on their kids. You know, I've spent a fortune on my dogs and I'll do it all over again. And I think people feel the same way about their kids. So I think that's a category that we're going to be paying more attention to. I think we've seen a rise in it because I think you're exactly right. No matter what the economic conditions are, you find a way to pay for things for your kids. You find a way to get them involved in things because you know how important it is to their development and you know how important it is to their growth as a person, their character, their ability to relate to others. It's so much more than a sport, than an activity. It's testing boundaries with other kids. It's it's totally different from school. And I've seen Max grow in sports just tremendously as a person. Mm-hmm. From a child that would have a meltdown on the pitcher's mound last year, I would have more anxiety when he would pitch than probably he would. <laughs> To now being able to get up there, take a deep breath and work through that. That's a proud moment as a parent. And that came through coaches. That came through a lot of different stuff. So I I definitely think that this is a good time to introduce the group that we have today because they're building character. They're building community. They're really building dreams in families. And so I'm so excited to have the Tippy Toes group with us. We have Sarah Noose, who is the founder and CEO, and Megan Riley, co-owner and COO. Thank you guys for joining us. So happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited. I love this. Love love the women power and love the franchise talk. It's the best combination. We are so excited. I mean, this is a brand that one of the executive team members at Fastlane kind of gave me a little hint that was coming because I love dance and you'll tell us more about the brand, but then we met you in person and you're just great people. So we're so appreciative. Culture is really important to us genuinely. So we're just appreciative to have you here. So Sarah, I'll turn it over to you first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of launching the brand? Yes. It's so exciting. Um, So Tippy Toes actually started in 1999. I was um, a sophomore in college waitressing um, at a Mexican restaurant. Thought I was doing a pretty good job, but I'm also, um, we're big sports people. And the University of Oklahoma had a game against um, Notre Dame and my best friend lived there. And so without looking at the schedule, I decided to go to the game in South Bend, Indiana, and I was actually on the schedule to work. And um, I came back and was so excited to tell all my coworkers about the game. And I went in to look at my schedule and my boss was like, you're fired. And I was like, how could you fire me? Like, I love this job. And I had just bought a car, um, put a down payment on a car, and I needed that money Um to pay, you know, my monthly car payments. And he's like, well, you didn't show up. So you're fired. And I did what a lot of college girls do is I called my parents crying, begging for money. And, um, 
one of my favorite moves my parents ever made was instead of handing me money, my mom reminded me of, um, you know, hey, Sarah, you used to teach dance in our front yard when you were young. Um, why don't you go to the local daycare and see if you can teach dance? And um, that's really the birth of Tippy Toes. So out of my desperation, I looked in the yellow pages because Tippy Toes is that old. And I was like, where's the closest daycare to my dorm room? And um, it was kinder care daycare center. And so I went in with a smile and a hope. And I said, hi, my name is Sarah. And um, can I come teach dance to your, you know, students here? And she said, oh, I'd love that. And I kind of explained what I thought I was going to do. And um, she said, what's the name of your business? And just like I said, my very own name, I said, it's Tippy Toes. And she said, well, we would love to have Tippy Toes come join us. And um, that was the start of Tippy Toes. But what I didn't know is that, that location actually had nine other locations. And when we started, it was within a month that they were like, this is awesome. Can you service all these other locations? And um, there was the birth of Tippy Toes. And ever since then, it's been driven by passion and, um, you know, wanting to really make an impact in the lives of kids. So that's kind of the start of Tippy Toes. And ever since the start, we've been wildly just excited about everything that's taken place since then. Well, I have to give you a lot of credit that as a college kid, you didn't just, you know, take another waitressing job. You bet on yourself at such a young age, which is pretty cool. So you started to build the brand. I mean, having an opportunity to work with someone who had nine locations, just that I'm sure spearheaded the brand. But Megan, when did you join? Tell us your story and how you joined your sister in the business. Yes. Well, um, it was, it was really, uh, I was in high school, you know, when Sarah, actually, when I went to the football game with Sarah and thinking like, this is great. And little did I know that was the beginning of something that we would end up doing, you know, so many years together, which was really fun. And, um, and it's such a great story. Now, in the moment I remember hearing my mom on the other end of that phone, like giving it to Sarah, like, Hey girl, like you're going <laughs> to figure this out. But also, honestly, knowing that it would be okay. Cause I knew Sarah's talent and her drive and I knew what she was capable of. And so what's really cool is a few years later, I came to the same college where Sarah was and I saw how happy she was. I saw how much fun she was having. You know, she was doing this, going to school, teaching dance classes on the side. And like, it was profitable and it was fun and it was, it was exciting. And everybody knew about it. And I just thought it was really special. And, um, and I remember going to her duplex at the time and, and I was like looking at what she had and there were papers and enrollment forms written out because that's how it used to happen. And I was like, would you like me to put that like in Excel maybe? And they could all be in one place. And that was really kind of foreshadowing what would come, which was, you know, Sarah has these incredible, brilliant ideas. And I'm like, I come and I'm like, okay, what can we do with this? How can we, how can we, you know, make this better, make this smoother, put a process together so it's a little bit easier lift. And so um, that was that was really how I kind of started. Is I was teaching dance classes too. I was like, well, I don't want to get a real job. I want to do this. This is way more fun. So I started teaching dance classes as well, and then helping Sarah kind of with some of the business just like processes, how can we make this a little bit easier? Not at all thinking franchising, not at all thinking how are we going to multiply, just doing what came naturally. Sarah was doing what came natural to her. I was doing what came naturally to me. Um, and then what was really cool from that point is, you know, we, um, we were on the front lines, we were teaching the dance classes 
And then life would bring us to different places. So Sarah, you know, graduated and, and realized she could do this as like a real job, as like a grown up. And she took it to a new city and, um, and it worked. And then I moved colleges. I went to a new city and I started it there and it worked. And, you know, all of a sudden we look up a few years later and we're running in multiple states. We have managers. And um, that was the beginning. Even before we started franchising, we had multiple locations and, and that was kind of my entry into it, um, my college days and, you know, inspired by what Sarah did. And I wanted a piece of that fun, you know, and um, it's been a lot of fun since then. I think so many things that become great and that really shape who we are and what we become start as what came naturally. And you probably noticed Brittany and I kind of smiling and laughing during that. I have come to Brittany with some ideas in our partnership together where I'm like, just hear me out on this. And then she will come back to me and say, well, I took your chicken scratch that you sent me in a PDF file and I've put it together and I put the cost of this project that you've created and potentially what we could profit on it, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think so many fantastic partnerships are people just doing what comes naturally and then doing that together. And it seems like you guys really, really understand each other too, which is so awesome that you're able to complement each other in this. And Tippy Toes isn't typical. It's not this typical dance, huge studio, massive build outs, all of those different things. Sarah, can you walk us through what are your service offerings and then what are your differentiators? Yes. I love that. This is the special stuff about Tippy Toes because there are a lot of dance studios on every corner. Um, what makes Tippy Toes different is that we're mobile. So we don't have a big build out. We're, I mean, I was a college student, so there was no way I could be like, hey, and I'll put a down payment on a building. I had to go where the children were. And so I went into the preschools and daycare centers. And what we have found is these uh, preschools, daycares, Mother's Day out, they're so happy to have us. It's an enrichment program that enhances their um, daycare. And it's one more added bonus that they can do. They can sell to the parents. Oh, when you come in here, you also get to have dance class. And there's other youth enrichment programs that are mobile. And so it's an added bonus to them. So that's huge with Tippy Toes is having that mobile business. Um, and we're a low overhead franchise. And so so it's not that you have to come up and, you know, have this huge building. It's, you know, it started with a boom box, a flyer and a smile. Like that's really how it started. And so now, you know, we've perfected things a little bit and it's changed, but it's still a low investment. Um, the other thing I think that differentiates Tippy Toes from a lot of businesses is, you know, instead of people ask, like, what's your marketing plan? We go straight to the people that buy the business. We're going into the daycare centers. And so right there, it's like we're walking into 200 students that potentially could be our dancers. And I feel like that's really special instead of casting a big net and putting it, you know, social media or the TV. We use we use social media, but almost, you know, going straight to the directors and putting flyers still in the cubbies at the kids school. That's huge. Um, we also will work with YMCA's and community centers. And I'll tell you what, so far for 23 years, they're happy to have us because they'll have the one-off dance instructor that's like, yeah, I want to do it, but then I'm moving. But we are a proven business that our partnerships with them have been awesome. And the great thing is parents can work out or get a little bit of work done or be part of their community center 
while we're there. And so those are the special things about Tippy Toes. And then a little secret special thing that we do is Tippy Toes is the home of the 30 minute recital. And this comes from our dad. Um, when we started Tippy Toes, he's like, Bear, that's my nickname. He's like, Bear, you cannot do two and a half, three, four hour recitals. And so it made us think like, how can we be different? And so we do 30 minute recitals where your child is on stage for four dances instead of one, and they're a third or the fourth of the show. And so these um, customers are leaving so happy. They're wanting to purchase things. They can't wait till the next one. And we have two a year. And so while we don't see parents bringing the kids into a studio, um, we get to see them at these events, which are great money makers for our franchise owners. But it's also another reason people want to stay with us. It's like, that was fun. It was easy. It was fulfilling and impactful. I love that because I danced my whole life growing up and we had recitals and my recital was always in our local high school and my parents' office was across the street from it. And my dad would tell my mom, okay, text me when there's two numbers ahead of her and then I'll come over <laughs> because he didn't want to sit there for three, four hours in a recital watching all these other kids dance. So he would just come over for my number and then he'd leave and come back for my other number because it's not fun to dance, to sit there to watch other kids, especially little kids. They're adorable, but you know, they're little um, put on these performances. So that's such a good point. I love that. The other thing that I think is really cool about your model is there's such a B2B element and a lot of our clients are comfortable with B2B. They're comfortable with that idea of networking and calling on businesses. And that sounds like a lot of what franchisees and their team are doing. They're building relationships with preschools and so many times other franchisees, which is really cool and special too. All these preschools have franchise models. But Megan, tell us a little bit more about you've had incredible success. And honestly, you've done most of your development. It's been organic. You're just bringing on a partnership with Franchise Fastlane, who we've had on many times. But tell us what's led to your success. What do you contribute that to so far with your franchisees? Yeah, and I, I appreciate you mentioning that because we've really everything has been organic up to this point. We haven't we haven't done any of that. We've got to, you know, 30, 35 franchises um, just organically. And it, I think there's a few things that I would attribute that to. One is, you know, Sarah and I worked in the business for 10 years. We were teaching. We were we were we were doing this business. We were going into schools. We were we were training teachers. We were hiring teachers. We were talking to the kids. So everything that this company has been built on is it's all about the foundation that Sarah and I had so much experience doing this. We know what every role in this company, what it's like to do because we did it for a long time. And so we have this foundation of really understanding that which also make, means that our why, why we are doing this, making an impact in the kids' lives, that is top of mind every single day for Sarah and I. And that's how we make the decisions for everything, even about like technology. Like it goes back to why are we doing this? Does this serve kids? Does this serve communities? Does this serve franchise owners? So I think there's this foundation that came just based on our story and how we built this company. Um, and then when we pivoted and started franchising, you know, we spent one year with our first franchise owner, one year, one franchise. We weren't coming in like, let's just sell a whole bunch and get a whole lot of tax on the map. It was like, let's do this right. And that's what we did. And so we spent one year with, with the first franchise owner and we learned so much. We changed so much. We were like, oh, we could do this better. 
And Sarah and I have continued to do that. You know, we've continued to be open to, you know, ways that we can continue to improve. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've continued to grow organically without a whole lot of, you know, without any, you know, anything else in place. It was people seeing it worked, people seeing us being open to growth and, and seeing us making decisions and, and doing things that would help our brand grow, like writing our own music. So all the curriculum we have is original because we, we saw the impact of that. Sarah and I knew, you know, what was going on in the classes and we knew how we could make that even better. So I think the, the baseline is that we lived it. And so the foundation is really strong. We're also really open to how we continue, continue to get better. Sarah and I are the type of leaders that we're not like stick a flag on the ground and say, nothing's ever going to change. We want to continue to grow. We are like alive and well, like, I just feel like we're, sometimes you see brands that kind of get stuck and that is not something that we've ever dealt with. And then we have this originality with, with everything that we do. You know, we've seen, there's a lot of dance classes around the world. Um, and we have a very clear vision about what we're trying to do. And that's build confidence in young children. We're serving kids under the age of 12. Most of our kids are under the age of eight. And so we're very clear about what we're trying to do. Yes, you're going to learn choreography and, and dance steps and all that, but you're going to feel confident when you leave more important than anything else. You're going to feel like you're, you know, valued and cared for by the, by uh, your teacher. And um, that's just something that's unique to our brand. And that I think has given us a lot of success. And then finally, I would say the processes we put in place. We've got great technology that supports the originality that we've created. We have um, great, great, um, you know, resources for franchise owners that are at their fingertips every, you know, 24 seven, they can access any dance video they need to see all the curriculum is right there. And um, so I feel like we've come at the business from all, all different sides. We've got our vision is clear. The foundation is clear. The originality is there. And then we also have like just the nuts and bolts and the, the, the um, processes in place that really allow franchise owners to be successful. I love that you have a strong foundation. I think that there are so many business owners that are geniuses in some realm. They come up with something. It's so perfect. They, and then they refuse to differentiate from the path they have mm -hmm. in their mind for this business, or they refuse to evolve. Mm -hmm. And they're just not willing to take feedback from incredibly successful people, from people that could be very helpful. And I've seen franchisors in the past miss out on fantastic potential franchisees, or unfortunately, their businesses haven't gone in the direction that they would have wanted to simply because of their commitment to the one and only plan that they saw mm -hmm. working. So yeah. I think the evolution of this has, I mean, that's really exciting to hear that you guys are so focused on that, but you still know who you are and mm -hmm. where center is and, and you're not going to differentiate from that. So that's, yeah. Sam, so I th that's such a good point. And I would also just add, I think that foundation has helped us through, I mean, we're talking 1999. So we've been through every high and low over the past 20 plus yeah. years. We've, we've got, we went through the 2008, everything we went through COVID we, and we're still standing. And I just really feel like to me, um, honestly, getting through COVID, especially it was one of those things where I think we are gonna, we will, we will outlast whatever comes our way, you know, and it's because of that foundation. I think it would have been really hard to sustain the business if we didn't have the deep roots that we have, but the root system that we have in place really makes us um, just indestructible in a way, I think. 
franchisees and potential franchisees love to hear that too. When there's a history, when you can say, you know, we went through all of the ups and downs, you know, post 9-11, there was a massive problem in the economy. Then we have 08, you know, the pandemic, who could have predicted that and how that would affect people. So I think the ability to continue to grow and pivot in there does continue to provide a lot of confidence for people that are looking at the brand. And you guys, gosh, um, over 10 years ago now, had a unique opportunity that so many business owners wish they had and really wanted. And, and they try and this, they think this will be the pinnacle of their success. For you guys, you were on Shark Tank. How did that work for you? And how did it change, if it changed, the trajectory of your business at all? It was craziest. Megan and I say it's the best thing we'd never do again. <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> way to sum it up. But I'll tell you what, Shark Tank was in season two. And the story kind of goes that I was watching season one and my husband was there on the couch with me. And I'm kind of like, hey, Adam, look at this. Look at this. I'm trying to get his attention. And he's sitting on his computer kind of looking at me like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But not really paying attention to what I'm saying. And so I was like, yeah, I think it's so cool. I think Tippy Toes could do really good. And at the time, you know, we had um, seven franchises and we were, we were never really like, let's just get more franchises. We just wanted to impact the lives of these franchise owners and the kids. That's what it's always been. And so about three months later, I'm driving in the car and I get a call from California. And it was, um, this lady said, hi, this is Roberta from ABC Shark Tank. And I was like, they found us. They found us. So I call Megan and I call my husband and I was like, you'll never believe who called. And I said, Shark Tank. And he said, oh, they got my submission. And I was like, you left that out. You never told us that you did this. And so Megan and I went through the process and um, it was really exciting and fun, um, but it helped us just the process to get on fine tune everything that we were doing because they don't let just anybody on the show. You have to show tax records, bank statement, like you have, you have to give them a lot of information. So we were really buttoned up doing there. We had zero expectation, zero. Like we didn't really know we were going on there because the dream was a children's television show. Now this is before like YouTube was really big or anything. So we're thinking Barney and we're going to be the tippy, the turtle. And, um, my husband and I wrote a children's book called pink ballet shoes. And it was kind of, this was the dream. So Megan and I go on shark tank and we vaguely kind of mention, and we have seven franchises. And we're trying to get this TV show. And they're like, wait, what? Seven franchises. So they start just zoning in on franchising. And we obviously know the information behind it, but that wasn't our play. And so we had three um, sharks just like, we want this, we want this, we want this. To the point that Mark Cuban, it was his very first episode. And he said, I don't want to fight with the sharks. That's changed now. But he said, I don't want to fight with the sharks. You come back to me with it. Uh, number and either I'll say yes and it's a deal or you can talk to the other people 
and the cameras are like all over Megan and I, and we're having to like come up with a new plan. And we're like, we're dancers, we're not mathematicians. So we say something really quickly. And um, the way Mark responded to us, he's like, deal. We were like, oh, we probably didn't say the right deal. But on TV, we made a deal and it was so fun and exciting. And we really, really, really wanted to make it work. However, we go back to what Megan was just talking about, impact and people. Our goal is, um, you know, to instill confidence and positivity and joy into the lives of children. Mark Cuban is a great business owner. He wasn't a right fit for our job. Um, he wasn't a right fit for our culture and he wasn't a right fit for our community. He's a right fit for a lot of people and a lot of things and does a lot of great work. For us, it wasn't it. And so we got to tell the billionaire Sorry, but this is not going to work out. And so we turned Mark Cuban down on the job or on the investment because we just feel so strongly about who we bring into the, to our company and what we are called to do with what our mission is. And since it was outside of what we really felt was our purpose and really what it was going to help us do, he wanted us to sell franchises to anybody and everybody. And we wanted to be able to filter through, are these the right people? Will they make the right impact? Do they understand our mission? And when we weren't aligned in that, um, we decided, hey, this is just not going to work out. And so um, we grew a lot as people in that time because we really were able to assess like what's what's our true north, like what really matters to us and, and you know, where are we going with this? And um, our husbands thought, that we were absolutely crazy, but Megan and I were super aligned and, um, and we're so thankful because our journey has been different. Um, we probably would have sold a lot more franchises with him, but we would not be the company that we are today. Had we gone that direction. I give you guys so much credit. I mean, how cool that your husband puts in this application. He's not really taking you serious as you're telling him about the show. And then he puts in an application and you guys go on there. You're so prepared and I give you credit for ultimately turning him down. I think a lot of people would feel like, oh, we're into it. We got to do this. And you stayed true to who you are. You mentioned briefly your mission. So you've talked a lot about your values, your core values, inspiring, working with children, building confidence. I love that. But we also know that you have a mission in your business. So Megan, can you tell us a little bit more about that piece? Pretty special. Yes, for sure. So um, our, our mission, the mission of Tippy Toes is to truthfully provide children with a joyful, positive and nurturing environment through dance. And what's been really wonderful is that we have found a way to do that, you know, definitely here in the United States. Um, we have a master franchise in China. So we've extended, obviously, and we're around the world. And then we've also um, we've we've partnered with World Health. And for every 12 12 franchises we sell, we, we build a house in Guatemala. Um, and again, that goes back to why, why we're doing what we're doing. We're talking about providing joy and cheer and positivity and, and nurturing children. And yes, we do that in the classroom, but there's also a bigger impact we can make as we're growing. And that's just something that, um, you know, is never going to get lost on Sarah and I, no matter how big this brand gets or how well known the name is, what it comes back to is like the bigger we are, the bigger the impact we can make. And that's why we're doing this. Like Sarah and I, we had it made in the shade when we were teaching our classes, you know, on our own, like we could teach Sarah and I taught 20 hours a week, had a blast. 
made a good living and that was awesome. The thing was, is we saw the bigger mission. We saw how, like, we saw what franchising could do for our company. And we saw that if we could just get more kids to have this opportunity to feel good about themselves, to feel nurtured, to feel joy, to have a blast, like, what could that do to the world? And so our mission, um, it is so much more than dance. We're not here to be like, we want to just make sure that everyone that leaves Tippy Toes can, you know, have the best arabesque in town. They're going to be able to do it really well. Let me let me just make that clear. They're going to know the term. They're going to be able to do it well. But more importantly, they're going to walk out of a tippy toes dance class feeling loved, feeling seen, feeling confident, feeling cared for, feeling valued. They're going to hear their name in dance class over and over in a positive way. We don't know what happens outside of the time they're with us. We know when kids are with us, they are going to feel valued. And that's just, um, that's it. Like that's, that's mic drop for us. Like that being able to have that impact on kids is a big deal. Kids go home and they pretend to be their dance, their tippy toes teacher. They talk about their tippy toes dance teacher at the Thanksgiving table. They, you know, they send notes to their teacher. It is, we have a role in the lives of children and we have seen the impact that that makes. Um, dance is a way of bringing different cultures together. So the kids in China that are doing tippy toes, they're listening to our tippy toes music that Sarah and I wrote. It's the same exact music they're listening to. They hear it, they move like it's, it's a, it's a universal language. And Sarah's got a really great story about an experience she had when she was, um, I don't know if she were in Guatemala or Thailand, but it was with her work with world help. And, you know, there is this language barrier, as you can imagine, she turns on the music and it just like removes all the barriers. So our mission is much greater than teaching dance for sure. And that's also why it makes it so fun. It's why it's why we keep showing up every day. And it's why, um, you know, we're really excited about the work we're doing with Franchise Fastlane and with the potential growth, because with that growth, there's going to be more houses being built in Guatemala. There's going to be more kids feeling confident. There's going to be more schools feeling like they've got a partner in us. Um, there's going to be more families feeling like there's more positive influences in their kids' lives. And that's just the greatest thing to be a part of. I don't think you can have enough of that, you know, enough hope, enough of that mm -hmm. mission. I, I do. I think it's so great that you talk about globally and you talk about the impact that you can have on kids, not just here, not just in the class that you're in. And I think too, it's, it's interesting, you know, that the kids get a picture of that, you know, we're taking dance classes here, but this company that we're dancing with is building houses in Guatemala. It It's just a really neat thing. So, and we say in our house, it's important to understand that you're not the most important person in the world. The world doesn't revolve around you. I, you, know, you guys might've heard at the beginning, my son is, is an only child. So we spend a lot of time reminding him that he indeed is not the center of everybody's universe. And I think all kids could probably use a reminder of that too. But it is great for kids when they're in a class like that because you don't know, not every house is like that, but they do feel like they're the center of somebody's universe for a half an hour to an hour, a few days a week. And and that's so special. Now, Sarah, I know that you, you probably have the answer in your back pocket on this one, and I think I've got a pretty good idea of who it is. But as we talk about who this franchisee is, as you guys move from this organic movement that you've had so far to working with consultants like us, to getting people that maybe don't even, didn't even know what Tippy Toes was until one minute before they're introduced. Who is the ideal franchisee? Who are you looking for mm -hmm. to build this brand and this mission? 
we're looking for people that are wanting to make an impact. Impact is huge. I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over, but those type of people that see the value of children and not only children, but we have a great opportunity where we have a lot of college students that are teaching these kids. So wanting to make an impact on the students, yes, but also um, pouring into these college students who are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life and having a mentor. So really a connector, somebody that's wanting to connect a self-starter. It's hard work. I mean, running a business is hard work, but it comes down to who can build relationships. Because if you can build relationships with your staff, with the kids, with the daycare directors, with the community center, you're going to have a thriving business. It's if you're scared and don't want to you know, leave and go start having community with people. Um, and even we have some franchise owners that sales or connecting isn't their thing, but they hire the right people, people who are willing to invest in somebody to do that. That's huge. We have a lot of husband and wife teams that, um, you know, run the franchise. The woman will be the one that's, you know, in the business um, day to day in schools, maybe not teaching, but overseeing. And the husband's like, I'm a numbers dude. Like we have a lot of those teams, but then we have a gentleman that was a CEO of a hospital during COVID. And he's like, I want to make impact. And so he's kind of come in more as an investor type where he's hired people to run his operations. Um, and he sees the overall impact. And so it's finding people that are willing to make an impact and not scared to make relationships um, and are really willing to get in with people and be a people person. You have to like people in order to, you know, want to sign up people for dance classes and really pour into children. You have to like people for sure. So I have to imagine both of you have received some great advice throughout your life, being business owners, your sisters, maybe mom gave you great advice. Somebody along the way gave you some great advice. So Megan, I'll start with you. Why don't you tell us the best piece of advice you've ever received? So one of the pieces of advice that I love the most, and I, I would say I've gotten a lot. I've been lucky to have, we have incredible parents. Our parents are the best. Um, and I've had a lot of wonderful people in my life along the way. Um, the piece of advice that I go back to a lot is from um, my mentor and friend, Jesse Itzler. And he talks about like making your own luck. And what I love about that is, is we are all capable of making our own luck. And what does that mean? That means getting yourself in the arena. That means getting yourself a chance to have something wild, to have luck come your way. And the idea of that excites me and it fires me up because I think in a way, sometimes people might look at Sarah and I, I will tell you, you know, we, we are underestimated and we have been from day one, you know, it's like, Oh, look at these sisters with this cute little business. Good for them. You know? And it's like, okay, like that's fine. And then, but there's like, and so we might sometimes hear like, ah, you guys have really been lucky in business. And it's like, sure. We've had some really great luck with, with the fact that Shark Tank did, you know, follow up with us, but we got ourselves on there. And so there's this combination of like, being bold enough to get yourself in the room, being bold enough to put your name in the hat, being bold enough to step out and start a franchise. Um, I think there's something to say of someone that's willing to play the game, willing to, to take action and do that. Um, and then being open to whatever might come your way. And I would say, Sarah and I, I'll speak for myself. This wasn't the game plan. I wasn't like, I'm going to grow up and be a franchisor. And I know how this is going to go. It was like, 
oh, I guess this is what we're doing because things just kept happening because we got lucky because we kept just trying. We kept throwing our, our, you know, name in the hat and just kept trying to do stuff. And so um, I love that idea. I love the idea of creating your own luck because I think it's empowering. And then I think it also makes you, forces you to be open to try something that you might not know how it's going to go, but you're, you're, you're stepping out, which I think is important for all of us to remember, remember to do. It's so much more than luck for sure, but creating your own. I really like that. Mm-hmm. What about uh, for you, Sarah? What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think I always go back to the Bible verse, Galatians 6, 9, is let us not grow weary in doing good, but at a proper time, we will reap a harvest. And Megan and I always talk about sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds, that we're sowing the seeds, not only in business to be lucrative, to be able to give back, but sowing the seeds in the hearts of children, sowing the seeds in the hearts of these um, teachers and in the community. And so I just think that what we do is really good and wholesome and just continuing to do that and being a light in the world. The world needs light. There's a lot of darkness. And so being that light, um, I go back to that verse over and over again. And I'm like, yes, we will reap a harvest. Like, and we do, we are reaping a harvest in different ways and it comes in different ways. But I think I, when I get weary, because I think in business, we all get weary and, you know, Megan and I COVID God, we were weary. We're like, (laughs) you know, but we knew that if we would keep moving ahead and making the right plays and not just making decisions that would help the now, but like the future, um, reminding ourselves of that verse is, has been very valuable, um, to me in business and really personally in life. That's some fantastic advice. And I think we hear so many times you're lucky, you know, Brittany and I get that a lot too. You guys have had a lot of luck out there. And you do kind of raise your eyebrows and say, sure have. (laughs) And if you only saw all of the times when we were weary, waiting, waiting for something to happen, or, you know, there's so many things that go into the amount of luck that's perceived on the outside. And I think that is something that in the environment we live in, where so many people put a highlight reel on social media and they're showing you all of the amazing things that are happening. Here's this amazing thing my child did. Here's this amazing business accomplishment that we have. No one is seeing the hundreds of hours behind the scenes where the child has melted down and had a complete fit or three hours before where they refuse to even get dressed or all of the hours you've put into your business wondering, is this ever going to make it? Are we ever going to hit the turning point? Did we just put a bunch of money into something and we maybe made a wrong choice on this? Really the questioning that comes with it. So I think both of the things you guys talk about go hand in hand so well. And Megan, you said something. I never thought I would be a franchisor. Nobody thinks they're going to be a franchisee. (laughs) I, I will... If you show me a child who is in third grade that says, oh, yeah, and then I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be a franchisee. I'm going to own like three of these things. I'm going to start a business. Then I'm going to be the next McDonald's. I, I'll walk into the classroom and give that kid a check tomorrow. <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. Just, nobody ever thinks that. But I always want to go back to what is your personal compelling reason for being in the franchise world? Because 
you could have taken this so many directions. There's licensing, there's growing corporate locations. There's so many other ways to grow businesses. So I'll start with you, Megan. What's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? So, um, so I'm going to refer to our core values as the company because it really touches on all of it. Um, and it's also like, it sounds like such a complete answer, which to be clear, it's been a harried answer I figured out over the years, but I thought about it a lot. And why, why are we franchising? Our core values are serve, connect, diligence, and joy. And for me, what happened in life is I was experiencing, I was serving people and I loved it. I loved connecting with people and, and whether it was the students or the schools or the communities or the parents, um, then, you know, we, I was diligent in what we were in the day-to-day -day operations, making sure we were like delivering a good product. And then it was fun. It was joyful. And so for me, I had that in my life before we franchised by doing tippy toe. Like I was, you know, teaching dance classes. That was my life, basically the life of a franchisee today. That was what I was doing before we even were franchising. That was the way I was operating. And, and for me, being able to like couple all those things together and have that be what my life was filled with was joyful. And it was wonderful. And I was so grateful. And I had friends that were like, Hey, you got some of that for me? <laughs> like people were interested. So for me, it was this great thing. And it was like, how can we, how can we make more of this? And to franchising was the answer. That was the way that, you know, licensing. Yeah. Could we just like license out our curriculum for sure? It was going to miss the connection. It was going to miss the service and it would miss the joy. It would have been like great to send it out and, but it wouldn't have had the life that I feel like Tippy Toes has. Um, and so I think about those four things and how franchising allows us to highlight and to amplify all of those things in more lives. And um, I don't think anything else could have done it like franchising has done that. Sarah, I'll go ahead and turn that to you. What is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? I really think we had a secret sauce that we were like, we've got to share this with other people. And we had perfected it over time so much. We hit a lot of walls like, eh, that didn't work. Oh, that didn't work. Like, I'll never forget this recital we had and uh, the fire marshals all showed up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? We had too many people, not enough seats. I hadn't ironed that part of it out. And so we we had found all these ways to navigate. You know, it's like we had so many failures that led to success. And so part of it was like, let us hand you what we've learned and then let's grow together. And so, um, you know, I think failure is some of our best lessons. I mean, tippy toes started because I got fired from a job. Like that's how it started. And there's been a lot of those that have happened that we've had tremendous growth from. And so being able to, we always tell people like, let's borrow each other's success. And that's what tippy toes felt like is, Hey, we've been able to do this really well for a long time. Come alongside us and now let's multiply. And I do believe that our gifts are meant to be multiplied. And so being able to do that with the right people, making an impact, the multiplication just continues to happen. Well, you certainly are impacting so many people in a positive light. Um, we're really excited to have you on today. Thank you for sharing your story with us and taking the time out of your day. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. We cannot wait Fun. to do a lot of business. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great. Thank, Thank you for you having us. 
So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.